Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to get into this week's guest, Aveda, who's of course an amazing Dublin drag queen, who had plenty of interesting things to say about our favourite shows. But we do have a lot of Housewives-related news that I want to touch on this week. I should say, um... You probably noticed Real Housewives of Atlanta premiered this week. I haven't had a chance to watch it by the time I'm recording this and getting the episode ready. What I'm thinking of doing, though, is possibly putting up an Instagram post later on in the week and we can have a chat maybe there and on Twitter, actually, about what you thought of the episode. As you know, this isn't a recap show, but it is fun to check in, I think, at the kind of start of a season and see what we're thinking and where it might go. And I love Atlanta so much, so I'm very excited to see what all of you think of it as well. And we got a trailer this week for Real Housewives of Dallas Season 5, which is kicking off in January. I wasn't blown away by the trailer, although I do like the addition of Tiffany, who's also a doctor. So we know Dr. Wendy and Dr. Tiffany. We have two doctors in the Real Housewives world at the moment. I'm curious where they'll go. They lost a key cast member last year, and I think deservedly so for some of our behavior. So I'm curious where this season will land. They had to deal with COVID coming up kind of in the middle of filming as well. So that is going to be a factor, I think. In Beverly Hills world this week, there were some big stories. The first was the story of this lawsuit that Tom Girardi and his soon-to-be ex-wife Erica Girardi, aka Erica Jane, have been embroiled in where they're being accused, and this is an accusation, it's alleged, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with this. They're basically being accused of embezzling money that Tom got in a lawsuit where he basically fought on behalf of victims of a plane crash, and he t- he's being, it's being alleged that he has taken that money for himself to fund a lavish lifestyle, and the lifestyle and glam squad and pop star excesses of, of Erica Jane as well. And there's also this allegation in the mix there that their divorce is actually a way for them to keep some of the money between them and that her settlement will be actually money that she, uh, that they allegedly kind of embezzled or took or whatever. Now, listen, that is a serious, heavy thing. It's hard to know. Is this like a full tilt lawsuit that will, you know, expose some dodgy dealings that they deserve to face consequences for? Or is it one of those things? Just I'm thinking of this because... Lisa Vanderpump has been hit with so many different lawsuits over the years and Dorit has gone through stuff that wasn't even touched upon on the show really but has had some legal stuff happen with her and PK. Is it one of those kind of things? We'll see. And I suppose the million dollar question is will it come up on the show? Probably not because they seem to stay away from this legal stuff I'm sure. I'm sure because they can't really get into it in a way but anyway that story was definitely a bit of a jaw dropper and I mean I kind of hope it's not true because it's such a horrible thing to have happen but you know well very very wealthy people shit can happen sometimes so who knows who knows and there is news <laughs> you think you can escape COVID-19 and it just <laughs> just gets into everything even Real Housewives uh, three Beverly Hills cast members Kyle Richards Kathy Hilton and Dorit Kemsley all diagnosed positive COVID, co- excuse me positive with COVID-19 according to a report from TMZ that came out last week They've shut down production of the show. Actually, sorry, they they had shut down production of the show because a crew member had gotten COVID-19 and then the three gals also tested positive, though apparently not from filming, apparently from um, spending time together outside of filming. TMZ reported the story, as I mentioned, and they also say that um, all three are said to be doing okay and kind of coming out through their end of, of their diagnosis and their kind of all that kind of thing. So I'm glad to hear they're doing okay. Kind of shook to hear that COVID is just... <laughs> <laughs> inescapable it's just inescapable oh anyway hopefully all is safe and well with all these productions and all the people working on them in particular and the final story that was kind of a surprise but i actually think it's been a really interesting conversation and i think it's kind of an interesting moment for these shows in general is the news that bronwyn Wyndham burke from real housewives of orange county she came out as a lesbian last week she's kind of talked about in an interview with glad she talked about um the fact that she has been getting sober and, you know, facing up to some truths about herself and in her life and realized that she is, in fact, gay and that she is a currently she's actually currently seeing someone, but she's still married to and living with her husband, Sean. So it's an it's kind of, you know, I love the good news aspect of her being able to say I'm gay and part of the LGBTQ community. And then in the kind of housewives drama sense of it, I'm like, OK, so you've made this, you know, discovery about yourself, but you're still with your husband. How does that work? So. Curious to see if that will factor into this current season of OC because Bronwyn is now the first full-time cast member to be an out lesbian. I mean, there's been kind of supporting characters in the show who are gay, you know, who are part of the LGBTQ community in general. Um, There have been 
I guess, former housewives who've since kind of like Brandy Glanville has said in the last year that she's bisexual, which didn't really come up when she was on the show. So Bronwyn is kind of, she's kind of, I suppose, breaking new ground. And it's funny, this week's episode is with the amazing Veda and she actually talked in her interview about wanting to see more of that kind of diversity on the show. So it's just ironic that this news broke the week I planned to play out uh, Veda's episode. So also, if you're wondering why we don't talk about that story, that's why, because we recorded that a few weeks ago. So yeah, there are lots of uh, things happened this week with Real Housewives. Uh, we'll get into our interview with Veda now. This was such a blast to record. I think Veda and Louise McSherry and Laura DeBar are three people who all just have that like in-depth insider knowledge. So it was so fun to just talk to them about it. She really went there. I will say Veda's taglines made me hell. They're definitely a little bit more out there than some of the taglines we've had recently. I think they're a scream, but I just want to give you a heads up in case there's any younger ears listening. I know people whack on podcasts in the car sometimes, you know. For this one, you might have to watch your back. But to be fair, there's an explicit warning on the show. And I have a mouth like a sailor at the best of times. But I am so excited for you to hear this one. It was such a laugh. Here is my chat with Veda on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a Dublin drag icon who has had an amazing place on the George stage for many years with her fabulous Wednesday shows. She also has great music out there from her debut album Stars Edge to her more recent EP I Came Out One Night with Lady K. She has done live shows in lockdown. She is always turning a look, whether it's on stage or on Instagram, and she has... I know I say this about people on the show, but genuinely, this person probably has the most Real Housewives knowledge. I've had the best chat to her about it over the years, so I'm excited we get to do it in this format today. Veda, welcome along to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm pretty good. I'm really excited to get to talk to you about, like, which is probably my biggest obsession. Real Housewives franchises, big and small. How has this year been? I know you've done quite a few kind of online shows that you've done a lot of stuff on Instagram and you were kind of doing stuff in opium in that weird, lovely in-between semi-normality stage we had. How has this year been for drag for you? Uh, Super challenging. Definitely the hardest year as a performer. I've never experienced anything like it because the lack of opportunities um, was hard. And then when we did have opportunities to do things, there were other big challenges because of a pandemic and because of of fear and lack of experience and not really knowing how that was going to go but we were so supported through all of that by the the george and also by the regulars the customers like those shows did incredibly well in opium and everybody was safe and happy and so there were highs as well but was it easy no man it was not easy but we're still here. Yeah, and I know that you've embraced Instagram, like the live shows with other queens when you can and doing things yourself. And even just, I know you were featured in the Irish Independent recently and talking about kind of, um, there's a great article where you're chatting about both experimenting with your drag and then even experimenting with yourself out of drag in terms of like makeup and, and fashion and that kind of thing. Yeah, which has definitely been the upside. Like I have become a real housewife. That's what (laughs) it's done for me. I really, really have become a real housewife. I have my own little Maurizio. My husband's in the pool. (laughs) 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 And I've redecorated every inch of this house that doesn't belong to Pixie. The only place I haven't been is in her bedroom. But I basically have redecorated everything and um, I've renovated a few things and upcycled a few things and including myself my wardrobe my look my gender identity have all had uh, a makeover so that's what it's done for me and i have become my own real housewife you know because i'm videoing myself i'm doing shows i'm taking pictures of myself and i'm telling people who don't care what i'm wearing i want to get into it then um the real housewives it's a show like you watch all of them you're up to every on every show how did you get into real housewives in the first place I was home one day. That's what drag queens do for a living, to stay home. <laughs> so I was prepared for this pandemic. But I was home one day, and on one of those high-up satellite channels that you never watch, I came across The Real Housewives of Orange County. Season one, it was a new thing, and it hadn't really gotten going yet. And I just got a little bit hooked. So every afternoon, I pressed the red button, I recorded them, and I watched that season. And then I don't think it was available on normal TV much after that, but I was internet savvy enough to sniff them out like a truffle pig. And (laughs) 
every time they added a new franchise, obviously I watched it. And then of course, things like Hey You happened and uh, Living and TLC and channels started showing them here. So it was easier to stay abreast of them. But I've always watched them first thing in the morning, illegally, online, immediately. And sometimes back in the day when we would go clubbing, I would stay up till 4 a.m. when the Real Housewives of New Jersey would like go online. <laughs> I'd be watching the processing icon as they're uploading, waiting. Um, yeah, so oh that's how I got God. into it. I'm obsessed with this vision of you at like 4 a.m. with maybe a light snack, having had a night on the tiles and you're waiting for Teresa to just <laughs> pop up on your screen. <laughs> Worse than that, in bed, headphones on, husband sleeping, you know, no snack, trying to be quiet and not get busted, you know. <laughs> waiting to see. Teresa checks in from jail or whatever, just like dying for it. Couldn't oh my God. without it. See, I have an obsession with the New Jersey housewives. I have obsessive, you know, tendencies towards every housewife, but I have a, that's my guilty pleasure. Housewives is New Jersey. I love New Jersey. I love those people. I want to move to New Jersey and work in the Brownstone and just befriend the Manzos. And I really mean that. And just, you know, earn a place at my table, be thick as thieves and just, you know, live the dream. Would you live for yeah. Would you adopt the New Jersey? Would you be like, hey, it's Veda. I'm going to go meet Caroline. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. I want a New Jersey hairline as well. Like, I want a hairline right on top of my eyebrows. I'm all in. And, you know, I really love the Manzo kids. I genuinely mean that. I love Greg, their gay friend. I love the, how mm. gay friendly they are and how funny they are. You know, Chris is hilarious. And, yeah, I'm, for a while... When they had their own show, Caroline Rules, I was really into that as well. And I went through a bit of a depression after my father passed away and after um, a, a HIV diagnosis and just some heavy things. Mm -hmm. And I was, of course, a housewife obsessive through all of that. And that was the time when they had their own spin-off show too. So I was particularly invested. And my little bit of escapism was imagining picking up myself and moving <laughs> to get a job in the brownstone, making over the brides, helping Dina with the decor, you know, <laughs> just devoting myself to the manzos. <laughs> That's, it's interesting you're saying that about escapism because um, that has come up so much when I've spoken to other people for the show or just when I said I was doing this podcast. So many people have said in this year where some people are really, really going through it, these shows are a bit of a lift and it sounds like when you've had difficult times, they've been a bit of a bomb for you. Have you felt that this year? Because as you said, it has been challenging in terms of your work as a performer. Has it been nice to have new housewives to look forward to? Well, I think one thing that really rings out to me when you say that about, you know, is that there is healing in it. There's healing in reality TV. There's like the journey that you take with them and what they learn about themselves. And one of the things that really stands out to me is I'm going to talk about Big Al. So I'm going back to the Manzos for a moment. <laughs> but Big Al talked to the, the kind of guru horse trainer on a retreat about having to clear all the snow off the driveway with a spoon. That his father made him do it. His father, who was horribly abusive, and nobody knew that, even his own kids, his wife, nobody knew it. And he revealed it on the show. I remember that just being huge for me, having lost my own dad and having him having gone through quite a difficult childhood and knowing that about my dad. And just things like that, that are so far removed from who's wearing Versace and Erica's glam and lots of the other stuff, the reasons that we watch. Mm. There are these really human and real things that happened that I find, yeah, that I find it really do, does me good. It's funny you bring that up because I do find we love the glitz and glam, as you say, but I do find those peak through of human moments with these very wealthy, removed from my life kind of people. That's where you're like, there's a little bit more to this than just big hair and cat fights. Although obviously we die over that as well. Yeah, and we really get into it as well. Like we all went to Pandora's wedding you know <laughs> some of us went on candy's ski trip <laughs> you, know, like, you really get into these people's lives you know their aunts and you know like you know you get to see their aunts experimenting with marijuana in the colorado hills and you know they really open up a world that you would never see these amazing uh, black people that you know who, who you might normally see on tv for example in atlanta and really get to see their families and the dynamics and 
I feel like that's amazing. I love that celebrating all of these different types of women. One of the things I'd like to see more of is obviously, you know, like more racial equality. And I would mm. also like to see some um, transgender housewives. Yeah, I, I agree. And I know there was um, Amia, Amia Scott, is Amia King Scott. She's a trans uh, actress and she was kind of rumored to be on Atlanta a few years ago. And she said she kind of ended up turning it down because they didn't really... I don't think she got a good vibe from it, but I feel like now that would be so fab. And there's definitely some gorgeous gam trans girls who are maybe around the age of, say, the Housewives on Beverly Hills oh. or Atlanta. You know, there's definitely gals out there who've got. Well, you put stri- Candace Kane in Beverly Hills straight away. Like Candace Kane would be incredible yeah. in Beverly Hills. And I would put Amanda Lepore straight into the New York Housewives, straight in with Amanda Lepore. It would be amazing. We all want to know everything about her. The outfits would be to die for. The friends and family, I just can't wait. You know, I just really feel like a, a proper political shakeup would be really great. More cultural diversity and some trans people. God, and maybe some men who are housewives as well. You know, like there's this guy, I think it's um, Bellino might be his name, who owns Two Face Cosmetics. Yes. Where are these like mega rich Beverly Hills gays who are a married couple for 50 years? I'm just exaggerating now. But you know what I mean? <laughs> we can have men who are housewives, please. Gay men for sure. And can we have some uh, trans people as well? That would yeah. be the dream for me. God, I'm just imagining Amanda Lepore. What is that? She lives in a hotel, doesn't she? Like Sonia going over. She's like, hey, Sonia, welcome to my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that is a gag. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see Amanda in the Hamptons at Bethany's with Sonia, you know, like, oh yeah. my God, it would just be the best thing ever. It's funny, actually, we're talking about, you know, who you'd like to see on the shows, which is something I've actually asked people before. But obviously this year as well, we've had big names like Nini and Dorinda leave. And this season in New York was meant to have Bethany and it didn't. As someone who's watched the shows for a while and is really invested in all the characters, when someone really established leaves, are you like, oh, I'll really miss them? Or are you like, no, it's okay. The show is bigger than any one person. It doesn't matter. Well, um, karma is a birch. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it sometimes. And like, I adore Bethany. I'm so invested in Bethany as a person. I love her. I think she's an amazing woman. I was devastated that she pulled out, but Leah is a dream, an absolute dream. Just what we needed. And that's karma for you. It's like Bethany who couldn't care less. After about two episodes, just that particular energy and humor and style was just, Leah brought all of that. And Bethany would have just been maybe more trouble than she was worth because she's always backtracking into the same old conflicts with the older girls. Whereas Leah's making brand new conflicts, (laughs) which is much more interesting. Yes, that's so true. And what about, I know like, like Nini and Dorinda, for example, feel so tied to New York, New York and Atlanta respectively. Like, will you miss them? Or is it that thing you're saying of that, like in a way, if they leave, someone else comes in and it's kind of the circle of housewives life. It doesn't matter. I like an open door policy. So I would like to see Dorinda again. Definitely. But I feel like Dorinda was in a bad place and it was hard to watch. And I didn't find her to be fun or funny. I found her to be quite mean especially to Sonia, who I adore. Mm. So if I had been in their friend circle, Dorinda and I would have fallen out like very badly over the way that she was treating Sonia. I just feel like she was being vicious unnecessarily. And she's obviously very unhappy and she's going through a breakup. So I'd love to see her come back, but I'm not disappointed that she's gone for now. But she might have given us a great clue about who should replace her. When Dorinda said that Lady Gaga's mom was in her church, I was just like, why isn't she sitting on the couch? Yes, Cynthia, yes. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have uh, Gaga's mom instead, please? I don't know the lady's name, but, you know, I think that sometimes bigger and better things just come along. Yeah, that's so true. I would love Cynthia Germanotta to be... That would be so iconic because, oh my God, stop. Her and Amanda Lepore. And yes. And a whole new show that like, people really are excited about. 
And um, speaking of like the open door policy you mentioned, we know that Heather Holla Thompson is doing some uh, probably friends of filming for New York in this new season that they're doing. How do you feel about say Heather coming back? And when is there anyone you from previous seasons of the shows that you would love to see go back to their respective franchise? Well, I love Heather, so I'm totally fine with Heather. And I feel like we saw Heather already loosen up. So Heather in her first season was a bit uptight and annoying and she just kept getting into it with Ramona and Mario again and again about who talks too much. It was a bit of a waste of her opportunity. But I felt like but just before she left, we really got to understand Heather better and she's a very good person. She's someone I would absolutely love to be friends with. She's obviously mm. super driven and very successful, which I admire. But she also, when she had problems with people like with Kristen Tateman, an apology is good enough for Heather and she actually means it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. People can behave horribly with Heather like Sonia did, like they all did. But when they say sorry to Heather, She's like, oh, I'm going to throw you a huge party and, you know, get cages full of birds. Don't, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? She's just yeah. like a great person. So, yeah, I'm happy about Heather. And I feel like as long as she doesn't say holla, especially in her tagline, I'm okay with it. And I like that she's a more, like, handsome woman. She's not a pretty woman. I like that she has style about her, but it's not a sexy kind of style. She just seems very modern. I love when she sang and she could really sing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Poor Luan. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> don't you go down to Georgia. Don't you go down or whatever. Like, oh, my God. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Lu- Luan is shaking. She's going to make Heather do a duet with her or something. That'll be the next big story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Is I'm there sure it'll have yeah. Holler in it somewhere. You know? <laughs> Is there anyone from other, in other cities that you'd love to go back? Like, I honestly, and this feels controversial, but I would low-key love for Carlton to go back to Beverly Hills. I feel like we never really got into that story properly. I'm like, bring back Witchy Poo for our <laughs> second round. Well, rise. it would be interesting because we get all the dish on the horrible divorce. Yes. You know? And also her house was on, on, um, on Million Dollar Listings. Oh, okay. It was picked apart as well it was sold by the brothers josh and his brother yeah. but they slated it well the other <laughs> realtors slated it because of all the gothic you know bits of church that she had put in and you know all the weird kind of sex dungeon rooms and <laughs> you know <laughs> endless mirrored closets or whatever it was crazy <laughs> but yeah they had a really messy divorce and i'd really like to maybe get the tea on that but she's not a nice person either you know true true yeah. yeah, she wouldn't be top of my list to to come back on on the show at all. Is there anyone who is? Um, well, like, definitely not from that season. Like, Joyce as well was a misstep. It was like, yeah. hello, goodbye. Don't really care to see them again. Um, let me think. Hmm. Like, I would like Heather Dubrow to come back anywhere yeah. that she wants. <laughs> you know? <laughs> on uh, any show. <laughs> She can afford it. You know what I mean? She could go to New York. I would think, you know, she can afford to buy an apartment anywhere, live in a hotel, do a Tinsley. So anywhere, Heather, I think, is who I'd like to see best. I'd like to see Phaedra back. Like, all is forgiven. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that you can say just whatever you want about, you know, people's, like, potential to commit crime and rape or drug someone. But at the same time, uh, if... The tone of it was, oh, girl, you want to be careful. She, he, she said, Todd might slip something in your drink. You know what I mean? We've all been there. We've all said something fucking stupid. Pardon my French. And I just don't know if the punishment fit the crime with Phaedra. I thought clearly Candy was super emotional and super upset. But Candy did also... talk about being bisexual, talk about being sexually very open, have a sex toy line. I don't know what kind of products are in the range, but I'm sure Phaedra does. And I just feel <laughs> like, mm, for such a good attorney, Phaedra, you didn't defend yourself very well. 
Phaedra's a funny one because her early seasons are so iconic. I felt like she went out on a bum note because she ha- didn't have a good season. And I've always gotten the impression that Candy would walk if Phaedra came back. And if Phaedra could really come to Jesus and apologize properly, then I think it would be fun to have her back. But I, from Phaedra's kind of reality TV cameos elsewhere, I don't know if she has the self-awareness to kind of really like, you know, kiss the ring when it comes to Candy. But if if they could swing it, I would like old school Shady Phaedra back. I just, she, she used to make me howl with laughter at times. You know, when she was like pretending to like have sex on the sunbed at the beach or whatever and go, <laughs> and just like, there's just stuff that you would get from Phaedra that I don't think you get from anyone else. And I feel like one of the things I often think when I look back over a season, a bad season for someone is really what they're going through. And Phaedra went through it. Mm. The problem is she didn't pull a Teresa Judice. She didn't meditate do yoga, write seven books about it, apologize all the time. She tried to save face and just kind of brazen her way through it, you know? But I think that was really her undoing. Yeah, I feel like so it's the same way with Dorinda. I think when they're being unkind, when they're being cruel like that, it's not, it's an expression of the pain that they're going through. And I feel like they did definitely with Apollo and everything that happened there. That was, she told the humiliation for her. That's so true. Yeah, you're She's right. She's a good on candy. Yeah, it's you're right. It's always like their, <laughs> their internal pain is like comes out in weird ways. They're on a TV show. That's such a good way of looking at it. Um, you've obviously watched like all the shows and all the seasons and you've seen so many mad things happen because that's Housewives. Are there any particular moments or episodes or seasons where you've gone, this is why I'm a Housewives fan or this has me hooked? Like has anything stood out to you over the years? Where you're like, God, yeah. there is a moment now. Well, there's like, there's some little moments, little point things that happen that, that reduce me to tears, you know? So one of the things uh, that I, stands out to me as a real TV moment for me is when Teresa had like a prison ahead of her and her and her family were getting together for one of their multiple like uh, group photos with 50 people in them, everybody in Versace type <laughs> portrait shoots. Uh, one of her kids, broke something like a vase or an ornament. I think it was Adriana. And Teresa was like going and publicly humiliated, entertaining her family. And she sweeped up all the bits into a pan and the kid took the pan, the dust pan again and onto the ground. And Teresa like swept them up again. And the kid says, I love you, mommy. And she said, I love you too. And I just like burst into tears. I'll never forget it because I just thought like, wow, like, Teresa Judice is one hell of a woman. No matter what you think of her and her criminal problems and her whatever, she has like the patience of a saint and she's a very kind mother. And in this, what anyone else would be, find a super stressful situation, she was happy to sweep up the bits of her broken vase twice. <laughs> she, yeah, she's not afraid to uh, go there on camera trees. I think that's kind of part of the appeal. Like, But it's funny, I always find it is those small moments or it's getting to peek into those small moments for people that kind of keeps you with it. Even small things like, oh, they're packing for a trip. What do they bring? Like it is, it's a chance to be nosy, which is really why I think people love it. Yeah. And I think actually I'm going to just jump to another place now to make an observation. I think that's one of the problems with Salt Lake City straight away is all their houses look like expensive Airbnbs. (laughs) They could be in each other's house. They could be anywhere. I can't tell where you are. I don't care. There's a big window, there's snow outside, all the walls are white, you know. (laughs) I just feel like I want to see into people's lives. I want to see Teresa, Terrazzo, everything. (laughs) I want to see, like, I want to see Dina's horrible country kitchen. You know what I mean? You want to see real life. You want to see Lake Bailey and all the Ikea furniture. You want to see like Kenya's house that looks like a a two-story garage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So actually that was honestly my next question. So your timing is perfect. How do you feel about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City from what we've seen so far? And are there other places that you'd like them to do a show in other cities in the US or even outside the US where you're like, film there, that would be fab. Yeah, I think they should film definitely uh, somewhere else. Because Salt Lake City is not doing it for me at all. Really? The most exciting thing about the whole of the first episode for me was Meredith's pink dress. Hmm. <laughs> Meredith's pink dress. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say something else. else. 
nothing else interested me in the least. I like her gay son, you know, for comic value. I love him like posing in the back with his hand under his chin and like constantly applying lip lip balm. And I like, I loved that. That's fun. But there's something kind of dark and glass house about it. It's something dark about it. And I just didn't, I, I kind of like Heather. Yeah. Because she seems like likable, real, approachable, kind of fun. I feel like the blondes, both blondes. I can't remember the other blonde's name. Whitney. Whitney. With the baby I feel voice. like the blondes are, I'm team blondes if it's going that way. All of the <laughs> other brunettes from the Robert Palmer video, Simply Irresistible, they're all exactly the same person. And I just haven't taken to them at all. Does remind me a lot of Vancouver and Sydney and Melbourne in that it doesn't feel quite like an American housewife show. Maybe it's because I don't know what that why that was just the vibe I got when I watched it. It's the decor. You're on you're on the money. It's the decor. It's the decor. Same with the Canadian ones. Kind of. Some of the houses are stunning, but you know the decor is a bit blah. But I also feel like. Mm, Obviously, you don't, you're not looking for like the next Princess Diana or anything. We don't need saints or anything. But in casting, somebody has to be likable and the good guy. And they just don't seem like nice people. Yeah. You're right. I wouldn't want to go skiing with them. <laughs> They're horrible people. They're judgmental. They're mean spirited. They're like, they're beautiful, but not in a very appealing way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's such good shade. I mean, you're beautiful, but just not in an appealing way. <laughs> yeah, they just are, they seem quite bland and by by the book. There's yeah. no Lisa Vanderpump there. There's no Bethany Frankel. There's no there's just no standout kind of fun. I'm with this person. Person for me anyway. I weirdly like Meredith best because she's the coldest she is the best example of what i don't like about them she's perfect and she's she seems a little shallow <laughs> but she's not bad she's quite nice but it's just awkward it's very awkward yeah we'll see how it shakes out i'm with it for the moment but i do like i i've noticed that jen who's very much like a big character is really angling for that kind of bethany role on the show and i'm like oh it has to come naturally yeah I would like Jen to chill out a little bit. I think she could just chill out a little bit. She's constantly coming at Mary now, just constantly, even now and watch what happens live. She's just like, wow, I'm going to fight with Mary. I'm going to fight with Mary. As a tactic in a season one, I just feel like it's not sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. You know, you're all on your first season together. Mm, that's interesting. It's such a fine line. So are there other cities you'd like to see? I mean, people have said before, like maybe a Chicago one with Tinsley in the mix could be fun. Like, is there any place in the US you think could be kind of ripe for a show as well? I wouldn't be against Chicago um, because it's Oprah town. Mm. I'm sure there's lots of great women, business women and women in Chicago that like that are touched by that kind of magic that maybe Chicago would be a good place to go. I would like to see a Real Housewives of Fire Island. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that would be fierce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really would. I mean that, like a mix of gay men and women in, in a very kind of privileged beachy place like that. Uh, for the same reason, I feel like a Real Housewives of the Hamptons might be good. Mm. I'd like to see a Real Housewives of New Orleans. Ooh, that could be fun as well. Yeah, I think it could be hot. I think that it's a fun city and it's known for being a fun city and it has its own style and a really strong history of witchcraft and magic. And I just feel like, yeah, New Orleans could be great. I love that. I'd never even thought of that, but that is actually such a, yeah, I feel like that would be such a rich location in terms of the history of it and the kind of, the people, and I'm sure there's people who make money out of the party scene there. Do you know, like, there's people uh -huh. who have lavish lifestyles. Oh, I like that one. I'm gonna. We're sending all these notes to Bravo after this. To be honest, they ha there's stuff they need to pay attention to here. And um, I'm curious, are there other reality shows you're into? Like, I've always felt like you watch a bit of everything. If I've asked you about a show, you're like, oh yeah, I watched the first season of Braxton Family Values all day long. I'm That's a good one. With Braxton Family Values, I just think it's fab and. They are the housewives that America really wants. They yeah. should call, they should have the real housewives of Braxton Family Values. Just like 
make one of those mashups like you know when when someone when Rick Owens designed something for H&M <laughs> a collab a collab a collab I love them yeah so I watched that I also feel like Southern Charmed is really coming into its own oh really I actually have never really yeah. Southern Charmed properly well, you're lucky because you can get into it now and you really enjoy it. You don't know Patricia? Do you not know Patricia? I've seen gifts and clips of Patricia. She's the kind of mom who's a bit like Dale Tinsey's mom, right? She's like, oh, Patricia. She, she, yeah, she's very like Dale. She's like Dale's big sister. Yes. She only wears caftans and moomoo's and they're lined with like ostrich feathers. She wears like massive jewels all the time and has butler. And we never really get to see her outside her own house unless she's controlling the narrative like it's her party or whatever. Oh, she's wow. superb, divine, I'm obsessed. She shops online for antiques all day in her bed and her butler kind of brings in the post to see what she bought. <laughs> it's really fun, like I love Patricia. But Southern Charmed, I feel like is having a moment and, and maybe it's just called Southern Charm. <laughs> and, uh, Charmed is the witches. Yes, <laughs> that's a different show. So, Maybe another mashup, but, um, <laughs> but it's like the, those characters have grown up a bit and they're at an age now where they're a little bit more interesting and they've introduced some characters that worked out really well. Like there's a girl on the show called Madison, who's a single mom hairdresser. And like, you can't not love Madison. She's smart and cheeky and she dresses really beautifully. And yeah, I feel like that's one that if someone's a big Housewives fan and they want to broaden, especially this season and last season. Will I tell you some more that I love? Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the other thing that I think is worth a watch is Shaz of Sunset. It's really good. They're really interesting bunch of people, lots of like very strong characters and they're very much themselves. There's nothing staged or phony about it. They just bring it every time. And they've got an interesting perspective in the world because like they're, they're serious hustlers in... Los Angeles, whose families came to America with nothing. And they're just one generation later, wealthy, kind of bratty <laughs> American yeah. kids. It's really fun. Um, so that's one to watch for sure. I'm curious, this is a tricky one for us here because we don't maybe see them in person very often. But have you ever had a Real Housewives run-in either online or in person or whatever? I saw the Countess Luan in the pines in fire island i didn't <gasps> see her show but i saw her <laughs> oh my god you know? and also in fire island i ran into mario one night M ramona's ex-husband mario and I did that classic irish drunk thing where i stopped and spoke to him and then realized who he was i said hey how are you and um are you having a fun night or whatever and just like they kept it moving, but because I thought in Fire Island, there's not that many people hanging around in Cherry Grove and you get introduced to so many gay men that, you know, mm. if you recognize someone's face, you just think I've met them before or whatever. And then, you know, about 20 feet up the boardwalk, the penny dropped and I'm like, that was Mario, <laughs> that's Mario, <laughs> how crazy. And I didn't get any sense that like he was there for any illicit reason, quite the opposite, you know, like, I think he probably, like everybody in New York, has friends with houses and parties in Fire Island, you know, he's in the jewelry business. I think he was at a yeah. party. That is gas. I, I just, that is iconic that both your sightings were on Fire Island and they're both from New York. That I think Luann is, I mean, that's like a golden goose. That's the one you do want to see. Um, speaking of like housewives and drag, like some of them have put out music, like some have put out music, some go all out with their glam. Who do you think are the most kind of drag housewives when it comes to glamour and their personalities and what they get up to? Erica Jane. Erica Jane all day long. <laughs> like, yes, by far totally. the most drag. Everything about her. And I love her. She's one of my favorites, my absolute favorite housewives. And yeah, everything about her, her music, her glam squad, her queens, you know, um, it's because everything about her is a concept and that she consults with her gaze and she's not just like, you know, dressing glamorously like the other ladies, like from Kyle's store or whatever. She's at like performing through clothes, even when she's not on stage, which I love. I just love that about her. Their trip to Berlin was really where she amped everything up for me. 
when she started with the big S&M hats and the rubber dresses and the, like it wasn't, she wasn't even pretending anymore that she was dressing for dinner. She was just dressing for us at home for the show, <laughs> you know? I and fully Dorit agree. And I, yeah. Dorit was the yeah. first to follow her cue, like straight away go, oh, I see what she's doing and I'm going to do it too. For sure. And I do love that you said that about Erica, because I feel like Erica does. You can just tell that there's a storyboard and a mood board for every look. And that just always makes I'm like, that is very drag. It's like she's, as you say, everything is a show for her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. And she's right. She's elevated the whole franchise, I think. By doing that. I think so, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she definitely made And then you have Giselle, up. who's still dressing like Giselle. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like in Potomac you know what I mean so it really helps in every way because it also gives differentiation to all of the different places and the lives and where they're at in their lives and I feel like Erica's thing even though it's artifice it's very true to Erica this one I love asking people so it's let's imagine you can have a dinner party tomorrow and you can invite five people from Housewives World to the dinner party. It can be Housewives, friends of, you can even throw a husband in if we want. Who are the people you're bringing <laughs> to your house by its dinner party? Oh, well, I'm not going to invite Missy. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I'm definitely getting trouble. <laughs> I think um, I would, I'm going to start with Portia. Because I think Portia is probably the most fun housewife. And if I was to go on a trip, on a holiday, at a dinner party, anywhere, she'd be my number one buddy. I think she's brilliant and hilarious. Um, I'm going to have Erica there, of course. Stunning. <laughs> For all the reasons I've already mentioned, because she's a proper <laughs> star. Um, oh, God, it's so hard. I love Ramona Singer. She's such a nut. I love yeah. Sonia. Okay. So I'm going to have <laughs> Sonia and Melania. Oh, what, like <laughs> Teresa's kid? Yeah, Melania. I love her. Oh She's amazing. <laughs> Remember she had that I song wasn't... about growing yeah, up? When I... <laughs> yeah, when oh. I... Her and Erica Jane are going to collaborate with me on a record. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen her nail I art? Was... I haven't seen her nail art. I'll go Google it after oh. this after this interview. She's fabulous. It's literally just like, wait, did you just say Milan? That's I think you've I think you've managed to come up with one I no one would else would ever think to say. So and that and alone jealous. And they're all jealous because I bet she's so fun, fearless. I love her. <laughs> It's like, I was thinking of Rosie for a minute. I was like, do I want to have Rosie? And then I was like, I love Rosie, but I want to have Melania. <laughs> and I guess they Melania the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, the kids have been through a lot. They lost their, you know, their Joe's dad. They lost Teresa's mom. Mm -hmm. Their parents went to prison. And they're such great kids. So I feel like she deserves to be invited to the dinner party for sure. You're right. She needs an evening off. You're so right. Oh, wow. That is the dinner party of dreams. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, it's the ultimate housewife's question to ask any super fan. And maybe you've had this ready for years. I don't know. But if you were on a housewife show tomorrow and they said, we need a tagline, what would yours be? Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Here's, here's a good one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Talk about building it up. Okay. Um, my husband used to be married to a HIV positive drug addict. Still is. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one that's a bit rude. Am I allowed to say one that's a bit rude? Say it and we can see what we can do with it after. <laughs> okay. My love tank is full. But my shit pipe is broken. <laughs> I'm so just. Part of me is like, they'd never the use key. that, but then, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the key to it, I think, is to not give them much to work with. 
I think there's a big negotiation about the taglines. Some people end up saying really stupid stuff, but obviously it's like you just said whatever that producer wrote down on the piece of paper in front of you. Whereas other people go in and obviously their whole family, like Kylie, her kids and big Kathy are all in, you know, consulting on her tagline. <laughs> yes. And I bet she says not one syllable more in front of the camera. You know, I'm going to give you one and that's all you're getting. <laughs> so I'm, just, I, I'm, s- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. <laughs> Part of me is like, oh, they'd never use that. But then I'm also like, one of them literally sells in Salt Lake City, like little pricks. So I'm actually like, you know what? The bar, the bar is where it is. I actually think you're a woman. Probably fit in just fine. <laughs> I'll compromise oh and say cistern. I'll say my love tank is full, but my cistern is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, oh, it'll be some play on drag. It'll be a, a, a drag and music. No, it's her shit pipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Call a ploma. I'll say it in Jersey. <laughs> Call a ploma. My love tag in the fall. <laughs> Call the plumber, because my love tank is full of your shit. <laughs> my love tank is oh. full, and my husband's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh. And we're back in the room. We're back in the room. Okay, more questions. I'm living for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's the best day of our lives. This is the highlight of lockdown too. Um, so obviously on Housewives, we have all these kind of tropes like the crappy fake apologies and packing for trips and what they order for dinner and restaurants and stuff. What are some of your favorite Real Housewives tropes? Yeah, um, my favorite is the moms. You know, Ooh. like Jill's Aaron's mom. Or whoever, whenever we get a look at the moms, Teresa's mom. I love Dolores's mom. Mm. Like Dolores's mom is a woman of few words, but she's deep. <laughs> you know, she says yeah. things like about how she never knew how much money she had or how much money her husband earned. And then one day she had enough of that and she just demanded that he told her everything. And, you know, just stuff like that. I just really think that the moms bring so much wisdom and humor. That's <laughs> yeah, and they end up being they end up being great side characters in ways that you never can predict because obviously everyone's relationship with their mother is so different. So they're always quite different yeah. as well. Throughout of the whole show, I like to see the moms and get to know them and hear their advice. And like I remember um Jill Darren's mom saying, you know, I turn around and it's Yom Kippur. I turn around and it's Yom Kippur again. I'm surrounded by death and disease <laughs> you know what I mean? you're just like oh my god be happy bethany be happy you know you're an accomplished person be happy just stuff like that that i needed to hear at the time i needed it bethany needed it too but yeah give me more of that yeah the moms are always delivering like even on oc at the moment bronwyn's mom is just <gasps> so like she's a villain she's fascinating good call i'm i would love a show about bronwyn's mom <laughs> Like, I want to know everything <laughs> about her. Yeah, And the yeah. weird brothers, half-brothers, and the compound that they live in that's, like, built around a mirror ball or something. Like, what <laughs> is going on? And it's also that thing of when Brahman kind of will casually relate some of her backstory with her mother, and it's, like, we're like, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that sounds absolutely bonkers. Like, your relationship with her and your childhood just sounds wild and she's so non-phased by it. It's like, girl, that is wild. Yeah, it's like your mother is Sharon Stone in Ratchet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and you're acting like it's okay. You allow this woman around your children. It's like, cause she won't even allow her own children to grow up and leave. That's not the compound with it. The man's a doctor and he lives with his mother in a field. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it's very strange. There should be a real, like, real house moms of wherever city, or even like a crossover with all the moms, because I just feel like you're right. Their show is onto themselves. Yeah, I think I would have a reunion show where you just bring the moms, like, a, an actual taping at simultaneously, or maybe the day after. So all the moms have been brought up to speed, and then you bring the moms, yeah, in to sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> 
direct oh god, I love that. Like, the mothership. <laughs> the mothership. Oh my god. Oh, that's you couldn't let Mama Joyce in. You couldn't let Mama Joyce in. I love her. She's one of my favorite moms. She might be my favorite mom. She really might be. She is vicious and shady and hilarious. Like I love her. But yeah, I'm glad she's not my mama. Like Mama Joyce is wild because there was a time on Atlanta where I was like, does she want to be full time cast? Like she was hanging around that much that I was like, is she going to be holding a peach? Is that what they're getting towards? Like she just is like, you can't get rid of her. You no, know, she came on the reunion that one time, you know, because she caused so much drama they had to have her on the reunion. And she'd like, you know, look like she'd had liposuction and, and, you know, the new hair unit on and the face was on and. She looked amazing, but I did think she's making the move. She's making the play for a peach. I love Marlo. Speaking of peaches, can we just have a peach for Marlo? Can we just stop with whatever reservations you have about Marlo? Like, I think, right, post the summer that we've had globally and the awareness that we have, the fact that Marlo was in prison and that she might have sugar daddies, there's no reason to judge her. Give her a Listen, peach. I know. I know. I mean, I've heard there's a lot of reports that say that Marlo gets paid really well to be friend of. And actually, at one point when Eva was still on the show, apparently Marlo made more money than Eva, even though Eva was full time. So in a way, I think Marlo maybe has the best of both worlds. And we're like, oh, poor Marlo. And she's like, no, 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 this is perfect for me. I get to be on TV, but I don't have to do some of the other stuff. So I don't know. I would like to see her in there. I want a tagline for Marlo, basically. Yeah, like Marlo is... Exactly Atlanta flavored to me. Every scene that she's in, she's peachy and you know, I eat her up, her fashion, her humor. Eva was total bad casting. Just couldn't get behind Eva at all. She did something to the taste. She was too salty. It just wasn't fun with Eva. Even Kenya, yeah. who's nuts, is exactly what I want. Because Kenya just wants to be loved and I just want to love her. Yeah, Kenya's amazing. Kenya's great television. Oh, she's uh, so great. Like, yeah. Kenya has no self-awareness. She's quite smart in other ways. But, you know, she knows that she's a little broken. But she doesn't really relate to how other people see her. That's such a good... Oh, my God. That is... That's a very spot-on analysis of Kenya, actually. Like, you're right. She... Yes. Oh, my God. We're, like, anal- analyzing these women, like, with their therapists. I'm obsessed. Um, what's next for you, then, in terms of, like, housewife shows? Will you go... Do you go back and re-watch an older season or a favorite episode? Are you excited for the return of Atlanta? Like, where are you with Housewives at the moment? Well, I'm right up to the minute with everything that they're releasing, <laughs> you know? So I'm watching yes, everything same. happening. Everything. Um, watch, watch what happens live as well just to kind of get all of the little juicy extras yes. um, and I do watch seasons again and I have done that plenty of times during the course of this lockdown because I listen to music a lot and I listen to podcasts and I feel like you hit the wall with those things at some mm-hmm. point and there's something about just having my little iPad on the shelf when I'm doing the dishes or doing some kind of project <laughs> and just letting a whole season just run. And I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I love all the little minutia things that you probably miss on the first viewing. Shows that I love, like Beverly Hills, I'll watch them twice back to back the day they come out. I watch them twice wow. straight away. <laughs> oh my God, that is I gas. I watch them on two different levels. I watch them first to really see what everybody's wearing more than anything. <laughs> I just get obsessed with that. And once I've got my head around all of that, I go back and watch it again to see the nuances of what's really happening in case I missed anything important. <laughs> that is amazing. Sometimes so you it can take be- me forever to watch an episode because I paused it so many times just to have a look at the details. <laughs> That's what lockdown has done for me. But also like Dorit's going to move house or whatever and not tell me. Of course I'm going to freeze frame every second of that. I want to see the kids' bedrooms. When the direct decorator comes back to change the beds, I'm like, right, let's have a good look at the kids' bedrooms. You know, let me see her kitchen. She opened the press. She opened the press. Pause. What's in that press? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how the other half lives. 
<laughs> you're right. Yeah. It's like I love the snooping aspect of it, where you're right. You can pause it and just get the full, the full tea on like e- like everything a person does. Yeah, like Dorit's last has PK bought it. Dorit probably wasn't even there. It looked like a, a new, um, a, a new Peter Marks had opened up on the corner. <laughs> like it was the weirdest, like four story odd kind of Spanish villa sort of hairdresser style inside, lots of tile and mirror and glass, just bizarre. So when she finally had her way and got to pick a house for herself and her kids, I think she did really well. I love the look of her new house. And I feel like this house Dorit chose, you know? Yeah, I love I love when they move in somewhere and they do the like elaborate two minute montage of all the rooms and they flash up how much everything costs and you're just like this is the third time you've moved in like two years. What the fuck is going on? Where do they get the particularly with Dorit? Where do they get the money? It's that good housewife money. It's that good Nava Nava swimsuit money. <laughs> Beverly Beach, <laughs> Beverly Beach, darling. They must have like um, yeah, they must have sold out the Camille, <laughs> the Camille swimsuit. <laughs> Who didn't make one for Camille? Everybody got one. Who didn't get one? What is that girl's it, name? She's so boring. I can't even remember her name. She walks like Teddy? John Wayne. Teddy, <laughs> that's it. She walks like John Wayne. Teddy didn't get a swimsuit. <laughs> like, of course, Teddy didn't get a swimsuit. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'd... Oh my god. Good riddance to Teddy, honestly. Are you looking forward to the return of Atlanta? We have a trailer. I'd say by the time this episode comes out, we'll probably maybe have the first episode of Atlanta. Are you excited to have it back? I can't wait. I haven't seen um, anything bar the trailer. I've been sniffing around, but I've seen the trailer, but that's all I could find. And yeah, I can't wait. Like I said, like I mentioned already, I've been ride or die for Portia ever since Bayashi. Like in her first season, in her first big episode, she kicks Kenya out of her party, Miss USA or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and says bye, Ashi. And I just love Portia. I think she's brilliant. I want things to go well for her. And seeing her become a political activist on screen right in front of me, I just think it's amazing. And knowing from watching what's, Watch What Happens Live and re- uh, listening to podcasts and stuff how much she's been doing for the black lives matter movement and how like how Mm -hmm. successful she's been doing it i think is incredible so that's the thing i'm most excited about for the season the next thing of course will be like marlo's wig line that's the thing i'm second most excited about (laughs) oh oh my goodness every home needs one to be honest yeah I hope Marlo's going to be there a lot and I hope Marlo's wig line is going to get to feature lots of amazing wigs and sell them all on. I'm rooting for Marlo, totally rooting for Marlo. Yeah, she's underrated, I think. Um, I think we have covered a lot of Housewives ground. Before we go, where can people find you online and check out your music? Where are the best places to do that? all that? Um, Instagram, I'm always on the Instagram, being Instagramorous um, with my Veda Lady account. And I have some stuff on YouTube if you want to see videos, or I have uh, Spotify, iTunes, etc. If you put in my name, B-E-D-A, Veda, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Some of which is fabulous, and some of it I choose to forget. <laughs> <laughs> It's all part of the journey. It's your housewife's journey. It's my housewife's journey. And I'm in my own house, just living my own housewife hell. <laughs> it's been <laughs> such a weird time. But this has been so much fun. Oh, well, listen, thank you so much for coming on. I, When I think of the chats I've had with people for the show, they remind me a lot of the gossips we've had in the drag dressing room of our housewives. So this feels quite full circle to be gossiping about it this morning. Well, it's my pleasure. And if you have any other questions and anything that you want to discuss in the future you know i'm here and i go deeper than jacqueline larita like i go (laughs) i cut to the bone to the white meat as kenya would say i cut to the white meat so hit me up anytime okay i'm gone with the wind fabulous (laughs) listen i can't i we've had the best laugh thank you so much for that that was Veda on Housewives and Me. Don't forget, you can follow her on Instagram, Veda Lady. You can check out her music on streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. And keep an eye out on her social media and on drag social media in general because 
Some people are getting to do shows depending on restrictions in certain places, some can't. So if you see a queen doing a live stream and there's a way to tip them or throw a few quid their way, do consider it and do it if you can. It has been a very, very tough year for um, for nightlife, for queer culture, for queer performers. And it's a cause close to my heart in the sense that I really believe in that kind of, you know, as a DJ myself, I believe in the importance of nightlife and culture. And I really think if you can support, whether it's tipping during a digital show, if it's safe and easy for you to see drag props in person, in a, maybe at brunch or, or something like that, in the coming months, please consider supporting. And look, even if you are stone broke and can't go to things, don't feel safe going to things, whatever, liking and boosting people's content on social media is really helpful as well. Speaking of social media, you can get this show on at Housewives on me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on It's Connor Bean on both Twitter and Instagram as well. We'll be back next Tuesday with more chats. Until then, thank you for joining me and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.